Last week, we kicked off this family ministry series, Homegrown Faith. And Jeff helped us understand that faith is caught more than it's taught because a life of faith is not about developing a skill. It's about Jesus inviting us into being more like him, which is ultimately expressed by love. And being is built in an ongoing way from the inside out. The paradigm shift that Jeff explained last week is that faith is not something that we offload to the experts once in a while. Faith formation happens at home through our everyday. Faith for the next generation is homegrown. Now, Steve and I started our family way back in 1999, and at that time, we were the first of many of our friends to do so. Parenting was brand new territory for us, and as a young mom, there was something about me that wanted to get it all right. Not that there is such a thing. And so I tried so earnestly to check all the boxes and essentially become an expert when it came to spiritually raising our girls. I read books, I read blog posts because they were a thing back then, I watched videos and on and on. And why? Because of how much this role mattered to me, how much it mattered to us. And not just the role of being a mom or a parent, but the the role of being the primary spiritual influence in the life of our girls. Now, it was a huge and it was a daunting task. And it was one at times that, quite honestly, Steve and I didn't know if we were cut out for. The role mattered so much to us because we wanted our girls to experience the goodness and the love of God, just like we were experiencing. And we wanted them to be transformed in the process. And all the while, we knew that we were still growing in our faith. We were still learning and we didn't have it all figured out ourselves. Now, last week, Jeff helped us understand that when it comes to forming faith, spiritual development happens very differently than most other forms of development because it's about developing being and not doing. And so today, as we turn our attention toward those that we influence in our homes, particularly the kids and the developing young adults, and knowing that faith is both something that grows roots and then is expressed, spiritually discipling and spiritually nurturing our kids and our youth is our primary responsibility as parents and as caregivers. And so if you're a parent or a caregiver with us today, I want to ask you, have you ever felt overwhelmed, intimidated, daunted at the task as you face the reality that you are the primary spiritual nurturer, that faith development begins at home? If that's you today, I want you to know that you are not alone. I have totally felt that way and I continue to feel that way. And what I want to share with you today is that while it's unapologetically absolutely on us as parents and as caregivers to take responsibility to nurture the faith and stimulate the homegrown spiritual development of our kids in our day-to-day lives, I want to encourage you that there is good news. I want to encourage you that there is good news straight from scripture. And here's why. First of all, There's good news because God wants this for our kids and youth even more than you and I do. Listen to what we read in Mark 10, verses 13 to 16. The people brought children to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. The disciples shooed them off, but Jesus was irate and let them know it. Don't push these children away. Don't ever 
get between them and me. These children are at the very center of life in the kingdom. Mark this, unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child's, you'll never get in. Then, gathering the children up in his arms, he laid his hands of blessing on them. In this passage, the parents are bringing children to Jesus to receive a blessing. And it's actually the disciples that are standing in the way. The disciples assume that the kids are going to be a bother to Jesus when the exact opposite is true. They couldn't be more wrong. And Jesus is furious with the disciples and he wants everyone to know that they are never to get between him and children. Jesus makes it clear in this passage that having a relationship with and developing children and youth matters deeply to him. Knowing um, kids knowing and kids growing in Jesus matters to Jesus. God wants our kids to grow and mature spiritually even more than we do. This is God's heart and this is God's intention for them. And the second reason that I want to encourage you is because a life of faith is a life that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so consider these words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossians. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. The message of Jesus wasn't about getting our own act together. The message of Jesus wasn't about pulling up our own bootstraps. It was about the need for Jesus, the need for Jesus to live in and through us. Christ in you and Christ in me. This is the good news. The life of faith is only possible through Christ and his risen life in us and the spirit overflowing in and through our lives. It's not possible with our own strength and determination. Again, because it's about Jesus forming his being within us as opposed to us doing for him. A life of faith is all about being empowered by Christ and being empowered by the spirit of God. And the next reason that I want to encourage you is because God delivers this as God lives in and through you and I. A life of faith begins with God as we make ourselves available to God. God does the spiritual forming of his life and his love within us. And so what's required? What's required is being, not doing. And what does God deliver? God longs to deliver exactly what is needed in a life of faith. Listen to what Jesus himself tells us in the book of John. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Paul writes in the book of Galatians that when we are allowing our lives to be led by the Holy Spirit, it shows in our lives as fruit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self 
control. This is good news, friends, and it's good news for all of us because this is true in all of life. Becoming more like Jesus is the fruit that God wants us to bear as God is active in our lives, forming us into God's likeness. And it's broader than just parenting. It's good news for every single one of us. Okay, so to recap, the notion that faith development for our kids and youth begins at home is a daunting responsibility. Absolutely, of course it is. Aside from the struggle to have our own act together, bearing the responsibility for nurturing the faith and stimulating the spiritual development of the next generation is a super intimidating task. Parents being the primary spiritual nurturer and the primary spiritual influence in the life of our kids and youth, it is a massive and overwhelming role. And the reason that it's so overwhelming and massive is because of how much it matters and because in so many ways, we're on the journey with our kids. And the really, really good and encouraging news is that God wants this even more than you or I do. It matters to Jesus that nothing and no one comes between him and our kids. The message of the gospel is that Christ is in us. God is the one desiring to do the work in us, especially when we feel like we're in over our heads. God delivers what God intends because a life of faith is a life that is empowered by the Spirit of God revealing God's fruit in our lives in increasing and abundant and overflowing ways, which is the very thing that our kids and our youth need the most. And so what enables people, especially kids and developing young adults, to embrace a faith that is caught more than it is taught? It's when people like you and I have influence and we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus and we use that influence increasingly bearing the fruit of Jesus into the lives of others so that they can also experience the goodness and love of God. Parents and caregivers, you can do this. You have what it takes to develop the faith of your kids and youth because it's not about becoming a parenting expert. It's not about doing. You can do this because it's about you and I being personally transformed by Jesus. It's about our being. It's about our becoming more like Jesus. The more being and becoming more like Jesus is real in you, the more that it's integrated in you, the better influence that you'll have in that becoming a reality in the people around you. Now, you might be wondering, what about those of us who are not parents, who are not caregivers? Or, you know, what if we have a, a challenging relationship with our kids? What if we have a, a complicated relationship with our parents? How is this relevant for us? And while we are setting aside time in this series to speak more directly to parents and caregivers, this message has relevance for all of us. Because when you and I are personally transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus, it impacts the people closest to us. It impacts the people in our home. It impacts the people that we work with. It impacts our relationships. For all of us in every relationship, faith formation and spiritual influence, it happens from the inside out. 
It's the transforming work of Jesus' spirit changing our being at our very, very core in a way that expresses itself as fruit, as it becomes more deeply formed in our hearts and in our lives. And so the very best spiritually nurturing parent you can be is not the parent that's read all the books or trying to be the expert. It's simply allowing the love and the character of Jesus to affect you, to be formed in you, and then to radiate Jesus to the people that are closest to you. This is the ultimate gift that we give our kids. It's the ultimate gift that we give our youth. It's the ultimate gift that we give the people who are closest to us because we impact and we influence others out of who we are. We can't hide it. It overflows out of us. And I don't know about you, but I find this to be so hopeful. I find this to be so doable, so freeing. But here's the problem. So easily, we forget who we are. And we need to intentionally spend time in the presence of Jesus to be reminded of our identity and our purpose so that then we can live and radiate out of it. And as I was thinking about applying this truth, I couldn't help but think of a teaching model that my dear friend Ellen Duffield shared with me. Um, She actually shared it with many of us leaders here at Southridge. And it's a model that helps us discover how to let God, by God's Spirit, transform our being in the every day of our lives at home. And this model was born out of Ellen asking some questions, some really big questions. Questions like, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And what is God's intention and heart for humanity? And she found the answer to these questions right at the very beginning of the book of Genesis. In the first several acts, God spoke and something was made. We see this pattern. God said things like, let there be light. Let the waters under the sea, let the earth sprout, let there be lights, let the waters swarm, let the earth bring forth. And each time God spoke, something happened and God declared that it was good. And then in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, when God made humans, we notice a change in the language. And so we pay attention. God said, let us make them. And this change in language, it hints that you and I were created out of a conversation between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We were created out of the Trinity. We were created out of community and out of conversation. And we were created into community. We were created to belong. And belonging simply means that we are in sync with and connected with God and with others. And then Genesis 1:27 goes on to tell us that we're made in the very image of God. And the next part of this triangle model is B. And this is about being fully known and fully loved by God and finding our identity as the beloved children of God that we are. This is about being made in the image of God. And being is about being in sync with our true selves, knowing that we are children of God and this is our identity. And then in Genesis 1:28, it says this, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and have dominion. 
This verse describes what God wants us to contribute. This is about the meaningful contributions that God intends for each one of us to make. This is about living beyond ourselves. And so taken together, these three pieces, they create a picture of God's intention. This picture of belonging, being, and contributing. And this is a picture of what God wants for us and what it looks like for us to thrive and what it looks like for us to live as the beloved children that we are. Now, sadly, we look we live rather in a world that often looks like this bottom triangle, where people feel alienated instead of a sense of belonging, where people feel like they can't be their true selves and so they live out of a false sense of identity, and where people don't know what they're good at or how they can offer it to the world in helpful way- ways. And this bottom triangle is the opposite of how God designed the world. In fact, we could say that instead of representing what it means to live as the beloved, it represents what it lives, what it looks like to live as the betrayed. Jesus came so that you and I could live in a loving relationship with God and with each other and live as the beloved, loving one another and working toward peace and justice here on earth. This model is a beautiful picture of what it looks like for you and for I to live as the beloved. And this, friends, is God's heart and God's intention for us. And when we find ourselves, as we often do, living as the betrayed, the really good news is that we have an invitation to return. We have an invitation to return to what it means to live as the beloved, to that top triangle, to that idea that we belong that our identity is in Christ, and that we have meaningful contribution to make. And we can make this return as many times as is required, often many times within the the same day or even the same hour. And what I love about this model that Ellen created is that Ellen says that when we live as God intended, when we live as the beloved, we actually create a pathway for others to join us and for others to see what it looks like to live as the beloved and for them to live as the beloved. Our living as the beloved is a compelling invitation for others to join us. And of course, it begins with the people closest to us. And this is true for all of us and especially true for those of us who are parents and caregivers. We have the opportunity or shall I say the privilege to create pathways for others to catch what it means to live as the beloved children of God that they are. Now, of course, as parents and as caregivers, there are no guarantees for us and we entrust our kids to God. And none of that changes the fact that we take responsibility for developing our faith in a way that allows Jesus to transform us from the inside out. This is the journey of parenting. This is the journey of life. This is how we live with influence. Our kids, they do not need perfect parents. They need parents who are on the step-by-step journey of being transformed by Jesus. Our kids and our youth need parents who embody what it means to live as the beloved. Our kids need parents who are growing, 
who are being formed in the likeness of Christ. Kids and youth need parents who are living as the beloved and creating pathways for them to do the same. Because faith development at home is about who we are and not what we do. And this is the encouraging, really good news. Now, when I think back to uh, my younger self, if I could speak to the younger mom within me, you know, I wouldn't tell her that reading books or listening to podcasts or, um, you know, reading blogs or watching videos or whatever, that they didn't have value. They totally do. And I'm a lover of learning. I'm someone who loves to learn. It's just that back then I was trying to do the work of becoming an expert. And truthfully, it was exhausting. And I could never measure up to what I thought this ideal parent was. I was living out of a fear of getting it wrong rather than living out of love, knowing that I am loved by God and allowing that love to transform my life and to cascade into all other parts of my life, including my parenting. Ellen helped me see through her beloved model that the very best gift that I can give my kids and the people closest to me is to live as the beloved and to parent and to live from that place. And it actually took the pressure off me. It's really more of a mindset of abundance than scarcity. And now I can see that the best gift that I can give the people closest to me is to live out of who I am, a beloved child of God. And when I'm transformed by the love of God and the spirit of God and the love of Jesus, I can parent from a place of trusting God. I can parent from a place of trust. I can parent from a place of love and not fear. And I can create pathways for my kids and for others to know their belovedness and to live as the beloved. Friends, it's not about doing, it's about being. And that's what makes faith development at home doable for all of us, because this is what Jesus does. And this, this friends, is the good news. God wants this for our kids and youth. The Holy Spirit empowers us. God lives in and through us. We can be the parents that our kids need us to be by allowing God to transform our lives with God's love and God's goodness and share that fruit lavishly with the people around us. Let's pray together. God, may we all live as the beloved children of God that we are. May we live out of being transformed by the love that you have for us. And God, may that love generously, lavishly, and abundantly overflow to the people closest to us. God, may we develop a homegrown faith. This is our prayer in Jesus' name.